This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Today on the COVID report, we are joined by SWIT, the Sex Worker Education and Advocacy Task Force, their advocacy officer, Kolis Ratiki, to tell us more on how the pandemic has affected sex workers. And alongside her, we are joined by Sister Duzile Zamini, their advocacy manager, to share with us how their work has changed due to the pandemic. Thank you both of you for joining us here on the COVID report. And firstly, could you tell us more about your role as an advocacy officer for SWEAT? Thank you so much. Um, uh, as you introduced me as to do this, I mean, I'm an advocacy manager at SWEAT and a national office at, in Cape Town. My role here at SWEAT, I am uh, um, working direct with uh, sex workers and what we're doing, we're advocating for the full decriminalization of sex work in South Africa. But we also, we're leading the organization as sex workers to advocate, but also empowering the sex workers to have a confidence to identify themselves as sex workers, but also raising their issues by themselves, but also to lobby the parliamentary to support full decriminalization of sex work. The part of the advocacy that we're doing it is we collect all the data and the information and the research to use for lobbying. So my role as I am also a sex worker, I use also my experience to to build the strategy of working on advocating for full decriminalization of sex work. And Sis Koliso, what do you do at SWEAT? Oh, okay. Uh, my work, uh, it's on a junior level. Uh, just to do, as she has mentioned, I work mainly in documenting human rights uh, here in, in the Eastern Cape because uh, sweat is, 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 is spreading amongst all provinces and districts. So my work is to document uh, human rights violations and also, as Mrs. Studio has mentioned, a law for, for um, uh, law enforcement uh, institutions, also other uh, sex chapter nine institutions like uh, CGE and, 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 and Human Rights Commission, uh, uh, institutions of higher learning. So my work is mainly about lobbying and, and, and documentation of human rights, uh, because as you know, from province to province, is, uh, struggles are not the same. So here in East London, it's mainly a, a rural metro. So we have challenges of first massaging uh, uh, communities and into understanding the issues of sex workers. So yeah, that's the work I do on the ground and also, yeah, the media and other and other stakeholders. So both of you do incredibly important work. But firstly, Sister Du, can we clarify on why do you think that sex work should be legalized and how far have you engaged the government in terms of legalizing it? Um I would start by correcting the term of using now for a model to call it legalization. Actually, we are not for advocating for the for the legalization. Um, uh, I'm fully behind on that and saying that um, Sweats and Sisonke, the movement of sex workers who are running by sex workers for sex workers by themselves, we are not... Uh, um, uh, 
using a lot of energy to advocate for that. But my, we, our belief as sex workers, but also the movement and the organization, we believe on full decriminalization of sex work. That's why we're doing, why we're calling for the full decriminalization of sex work. It's only model that uh, can make sex workers exercise fully rights and and also recognize as human also recognized by laws of south africa those laws that criminalize sex workers need to be removed and then they decriminalize and sex workers will be recognized as workers in south africa so we're really advocating for full decriminalization of sex work so i'm going to share with you that the importance of decriminalization now we're living under criminalization in south africa whereby sex workers they're getting arrested they harassed by the police they're getting killed they're experiencing gender-based violence and they die and all those cases are not prosecuted but also sex workers they're not accessing health services with dignity with the respect but also they they do not even taking serious when they go into police station and report cases such as rape because they are not recognized as human specific like special like when i'm i'm sharing the cases of the six cases that we were having now during the lockdown those cases are still not even go to court they are still pending they still sitting in the police stations there is no one there is no perpetrator who've been arrested there is a lot that are happening the stigma and discrimination against sex workers from the communities and not being respected but the fact that criminalization is taking a lot of energy of sex workers taking a lot of power taking agents of the of, of sex workers and the fact that also we're living under country that is progressive in terms of democracy so all those things where we all sex workers are experiencing these things if we have decriminalization sex workers they will be recognized as workers in south africa means that the labor laws they will be able to exercise so that's why we are advocating for the full decriminalization of sex work but for now and uh, to explain about how far we've been as Sweat and Sisonga advocating for the full decriminalization for 20 years, but not yet. Uh, we, 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 we're not yet even moving forward in terms of we're just moving forward and then turn back step what because of the elections sometimes they're changing and changing but take us back and going forward but now at the moment we are still believe on 2020 14 since nsp comes out and say mention that the decriminalization of sex that they will be looking at government they will be looking it's in their strategic that on 2024 but we still have the question that from now to 2024 what are the risks what, what, what are the prevention what are the support that will be put in place so that we're waiting for 2024 what are the support that we're going to get from the from the government is still we're waiting for for 2024 it seems like 2024 is still far from us because we've been advocating for full decriminalization since 20 years but i think that it's it seems not fair because when you're looking at the abortion was uh, decriminalized when you look at the the, um, the ganja was like decriminalized i think two years back or one year back uh, but they did they is what is the problem with sex work what, what what is holding government to decriminalize that is my question but the fact that when you're looking at the gender-based violence it's happening daily basis every day also sex workers they experience gender-based violence also sex workers it's images if they're talking about prevention, what about sex workers? That is the question. And when you look at it, NSP saying 2024.
Thank you very much for that, Sis um, Dudu. As uh, my next question, I'd like to um, throw this at both um, you, Sis Dudu, as well as Wena, Sis um, Koliswa. As far as the mechanics of sex work during the height of the pandemic, where we are told to social distance, where we are told to sanitize, we are told to wear masks, in what ways has the work of sex workers been impacted by this pandemic? So if you could possibly speak to that, um, Sis Koleswa. And uh, to you, Sis Dudu, I ask, how does the title sex worker render them vulnerable to abuse by police and clients? And how can this hinder their access to justice in light of what you just alluded to as far as the, the low rate with which there any cases of GBV that they report as sex workers aren't attended to with the urgency that you'd expect them to? Uh, I, I, I will start from your question of um, what, uh, what really affects sex workers during the COVID-19. Um, the COVID-19 came to South Africa, that nightmare of this disaster, it came like to destroy sex workers. I will share more about what we've, we, 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 we've been getting from the sex workers by themselves, what their experience is, because we have a project that is running that's supported by Tekano, where we're collecting the stories about what they experience. And it, see, it shows that sex workers, since that it's academic, it's academic that was affecting them, there was no income that they make during the COVID. And you know that the sanitizer, you have to spend money. The, the mask, you must buy it. You must spend money. You, the, the jigs and stuff, initials, all those things, they, you, they must uh, use money to buy. But since that is COVID-19, sex workers, they didn't have a movement. They have to stay home. That means that there was, it's not, was not affecting them by themselves only. As you, uh, from the beginning, you mentioned that sex workers, they're supporting seven people more than in the, in the family members. So that means that the money that stopped getting and then that what was happening, the sex workers, they, uh, who was renting, the landlord was chasing them out. The increase of the numbers of sex workers who are homeless, uh, sex workers who uh, didn't able to have food in their houses. The children of sex workers was affected by this COVID. There is a lot that was a disaster that was happening, but also the harassment from the police when there is a sex worker just walking down the street, they become a target from the police and because they were thinking that they're going to work, but sometimes they're going to the shop. There is a lot that was happening, but also there was a, a, a sex workers who died during this, the, the COVID and like we have a one case where a sex worker died in police station in Cape Town, Mowbray, but also those cases are still not, no one arrested. And the fact that decriminalization, sex workers, they not, do not able to go report uh, the cases of such as rape and stuff, but they, in terms of calling for justice for the cases uh, in South Africa, they not respond properly to sex workers because it's not only sex workers cases are pending, but there is a lot of sex workers even before COVID-19. So if that we're looking at, we have the project cause uh, the campaign says hashtag say her name, where we're putting together all the sex workers who died and they never have been remembering and they never have been the cases that taking forward. So and in 
when we're talking about the justice, there's no at all a justice for sex workers before the COVID-19 and even during the COVID-19. We're preparing to get to level one, but still there is no justice for sex workers. I would say that, but the disaster of the COVID, it's taxing, it shows a lot and highlighting more the issues that we've been saying it's before the COVID-19. But during the COVID-19, it was more open eyes. I think also government can looking at that, how much the COVID uh, um, uh, affects sex workers and maybe taking further steps in terms of looking at the decriminalization as an emergency need to be discussed and need to be done. But this COVID-19, it uh, didn't... Mm. Um, affect only female sex because also affecting lgbtqi affecting also a uh, transgender women's homeless sex workers uh, it was a, it's really a disaster for sex workers that they didn't even have received any of the budgets that government was planned to give it to people who are workers and uif also the money from SAS, but also the food parcel there was, was, was really comes out for people. But sex workers, the most of sex workers, they didn't receive that. Beside that, sweat was created by themselves. The, 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 the sweat creates a Baker bodies that can support sex workers. People can donate to Baker bodies. Those Baker bodies uh, donation we use to buy coupons to to support sex workers. Even though the Baker bodies was active, but the fact that it was small, sex workers they support seven and more family members. So the the coupon was not taking them far. It's too much. It's very big uh, community sex workers including LGBTQI, including uh, transgender women. So the backup bodies couldn't able to take them for whole of the academy, uh, of the COVID, during the COVID. So uh, yeah, I can mention like that, that was a disaster, a, a huge uh, disaster for sex workers where they don't receive any income. Uh. Uh, I would like to, to mention also, as Ussistud has emphasized, that uh, it's, it's mainly female and the, the vulnerable community like LGBTI and migrant sex workers that are, are strongly vi- uh, were violated and still are violated in this time of COVID and outside of COVID. So you, you, one has to wonder if this is also is an attack on sex workers or a certain gender or a certain population. Because there are male sex workers, you never had any complaints and said about society and other members of, of, of I mean, and, and, and other members maybe of the security cluster and say, saying, we had, we have been having reports against male sex workers, meaning it's, it's, it's gender, it's gender bias crimes that I can say. So, because they know that there's a vulnerability in this community, they are going to attack and understand this community. So, I, I think the, the 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 focus mainly is is to is to is to also sensitize the community that sex worker is not only about the panty liner and it's not about the, the 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 kind of underwear that you wear. Sex worker and the is about every member of society that feels that these are the only means for me, the only means for me to survive. Okay, this is the way of creating means for me to survive and my family, me and my families. So in this COVID time, we've documented, as I've mentioned, that Eastern Cape 
is a very, in fact, the, the space that I'm working is a very rural space. So we've been having such gruesome crime of people get being gang raped uh, by clients and some were, were, were like, they were beaten and sent in their, in their private parts, vaginas, by guns and stuff. So it's very, it's very, it's very hard to, to document these cases and work with people. And sometimes you've been sent from pillar to post because I remember what one, one moment when I went to report a case and, and the police uh, people saw the person that I was coming to represent. And they saw, you know, they said to me, we cannot take this case, you'd rather go to Cambridge meaning they, they do not have interest of documenting cases of sex workers because police know them and they said know, know the spaces where they work and so they, they know who these, the, the sex workers are. So they feel that they're not obliged you know, to take any cases from sex workers. So we've had that uh, situation where we had to, from nine, the person was uh, violated the previous evening and at uh, the previous evening and now we have to go to the police station the following morning because I got the case the following morning and now from from when I got to work from nine it only got to be attended round about seven o'clock remember the mind you the person as in washed is very is in pain and this is still playing this ordeal in the same in, in, in their mind in, in, in their mind so the, the the violence mainly that is projected it's it's gender bias not gender based it's gender bias because they know that women cannot be we cannot walk freely to the police station and say i was trying to make a living and somebody violated me like a nurse would go like a teacher would go like a journalist like you would go because they know that this is being shamed it's, it's, it's been um there's a shameful uh, 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 cloud hovering over sex work. These are the, the questions that we are always projecting to people that feel that they, have a, they are playing a, 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 a deputy Jesus role in, in people's lives. Because we've been also trying to know like, uh, serious organizations like we were women, and we've been having like, a backlash from them where the, the, the director has been saying like, things that are very, like, in, I don't know how to describe this, but things that are very shameful to say that they see, she sees sex work as something that is indecent. Who, who, who decides in the center to be a deputy Jesus for other people's choices? You understand? So we have those problems that even people that are sitting in these higher positions are not even sensitized. Sex workers are providers. They're sending kids to school. They are grooming people in their families. They are even outside their families. They are creating like a, a, a livelihood for themselves and those around them because we have to be honest. South Africa has limited opportunities. The only opportunities that are available are for corruption. So we cannot only survive in the same as people who want to marry the same life. So yeah, that's a problem that we are having in these spaces. Definitely an unjust plight only made harder because of the pandemic and the conditions around the pandemic. Now, for those who do get to do the work with social distancing measures in place, how have sex workers been impacted throughout the various levels of the lockdown and restrictions? And how do they maintain social distancing? Is it something that can even be done? And how do they keep the restrictions while conducting their work? Auskolisa, please do share more with us. <laughs> Unfortunately, with, with COVID, it has uh, greatly disadvantaged sex workers because, of course, as you know, that you have to be in direct contact with your, with your, with your, with your, 
with a client in order for you to make money. But you came up with a very creative tool, our advocacy uh, advocacy strategies. We've been recommending uh, 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 some sort of positions that at least people, when they decide, because we've been advocating for people not to go outside and do work, but people have to leave. As Mrs. has mentioned that sex workers were sidelined when people were getting uh, food parcels because of this discrimination attached to sex work. So we had to come up with many, with creative ways of if you, if if one decides to go to 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 work, this is at least the position you should consider so that you don't have direct contact. In a sense, and uh, I'm 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 sure this is an adult show, so we're not going to be sharing this kind of. But there are means you've been creating so that at least if one decides to go to work, these are the uh, considerable. Uh, 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 means of working under these circumstances. But we've been trying very hard to approach also organizations that uh, can assist us in a center, uh, like corporations that could assist us with means so that people can not feel the urge to go to work. If we need, people need clothes for their kids. So we've been approaching those organizations and they're very willing and they are assisting them. And also for toiletries, they are fortunately for, for, for us in the Eastern Cape, we are very close to companies like Nestle, where they can offer things like formulas and stuff. So we've been trying to create those kind of relationships that at least give us something so that people in the search not spread this COVID because people go outside because they are hungry. People go outside because there are no means and you cannot. And as we have seen, we are living in, in contained spaces as, as, as people mainly who are involved in sex work. So people live and they see the frustration when people, when kids, they're saying they are hungry and they have no means to just, I mean, I mean, feed their kids. So we've, we've been like, like, just bouncing our heads and saying people are hungry. How do we then make them uh, uh, um, relaxed and settled so that they do not feel the urge to go to work? I think this is to elaborate more on that strategy of coming up with that uh, pamphlet. Though it's not far reaching to everyone because, as you know, not every sex worker has access to the means that we have. As an organization, we, we will rely on the mercy of funders and of donors and sometimes the, 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 the donations that we have are limited only on, 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 on certain things or on certain areas of our work. So we just cannot be re reaching to, to, to all those who are in the sex worker community. So it has been very difficult. It has been very, very, very stressful to, 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 to encourage people to stay indoors because we know that slavery is indoors, people are hanging inside their homes. So the only way, the only means to survive is to tend to go outside. Before you starting to asking another question, can I add my 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 answers as soon as we had about the 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 the, the COVID nineteen and what a government was planned to to that everything is going to lock down so what we did as as a threat we also met and come up with a, 
things that we want to do with sex workers because we're not going to be able to hold the spaces. Normally, we have spaces that we meet sex workers and facilitate the spaces and do there's a lot of projects that have to stop such as a home visitor we need to stop this home visitor because this is this social distance but also it was also about the uh, movement so we started by uh, organizing sex workers online then where we were it's a check-in and a check-out and sharing the information around COVID-19 safety tips and also sharing about the uh, I'm a, I'm a, a, a laws based on what needs to be done, what we're not supposed to do. But we were not all the time, every day by day after we sharing the information also the state what's going on about COVID-19 but also information around to catch up if the sex workers who come across that they didn't get their medication but also working with our partners to make sure that sex workers are getting medication but also they are really healthy and what they their need is so we were looking at all those technology that we can use for to work with sex workers but the fact that we were always uh, encouraging sex workers not to go to work. And we were emphasizing the risk of uh, that they can be affected by the COVID-19 and what is important for them not going to work. If they're going to work, they can be in high risk to, to get infected and then they bring it home. If they love their families, we were encouraging them that they must stay at home. That's why uh, Sweat, we, we come up with uh, backup bodies where we get, um, we get also a, 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 a coupons to give it to sex workers. We didn't encourage at all. We were make sure that all the laws that they were putting for COVID-19 sex workers are followed, even it's how much hard, but we were encouraging them that do not break any regulations that putting there by government to say, do not move, keep a distance, wearing masks. That's why we were, at, we were asking from the partners and alliers that they must donate, they must give us masks. We give them, but in two months we couldn't able to meet sex workers directly only online that we were doing it so those are the things and also creating the the health and human rights of for sex workers COVID 19 safety tips but using online and say sharing to each other down to the ground those are the things that we've done and to sweat and sisonke to make sure that sex workers they are not uh out to do high risk yeah, that was I want to make a, a, a clear. We didn't, we will make sure that there is no regulations that they were putting down there and we break it, even though we carry on advocating in the platforms that was online to say we are very disappointed that government never even put sex workers in the plans, but we were working at home. Even Sweat's office was closed totally. That was I want to highlight top of the answers that Kodiso was saying. Thank you very much, Sustutu. Um, your, that next question is coming up uh, very nicely, but it comes on the back of something that you've mentioned now about uh, the 
the ways in which you have been um, talking to um, the sex workers that you work with and um, coaching them through living through this time of COVID-19. I'd like you to expand more on that a little bit. As far as how you have advised your network on protecting themselves and their clients, particularly through this uh, period of a COVID-19 lockdown. And being that this is a major health crisis all across the world that has required us to check our health regularly, I'd like to ask if healthcare access for sex workers has been made more difficult, um, especially over the course of this, uh, over this period, and especially as far as things like stigma and prejudice that sex workers already face. Has this made them uh, and their access to health um, healthcare facilities harder during this period? And how has this affected their overall health? I don't want to lie for for I, I have to stay in the realities. Um the the COVID, it was not coming to improve anything. Instead, it was getting worse of the all the issues that sex workers are facing. In terms of health, yes, it's affecting them a lot. But through our partnership and through our allies that they're working with, with us, they, they, they try to manage that sex workers are getting their medication. But there is places such as um, some of the places that we uh, sex workers need to take taxes to go and fetch their medication that affect a lot that because there was no money to get um, uh, take a taxes to, to the clinic. The, 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 the way that clinic was a fool, some of the sex workers, they couldn't be staying long with their children to go to take their medication. So it's affected, but also the stigma discrimination, it's, it, it was very, very, very more because they don't have uh, any income. So you don't have money and you don't have movement and you're hungry. And, but mentally, it was also affecting them. In, 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 uh, they, they feel isolated. They feel like they alone, but we're trying by all means that we put in place every system as much as we can to respond in sex workers' needs and issues, um, like such as the there is sex workers that they were still complaining, specific like we were dealing with sex workers who are homeless, whereby in Cape Town they remove sex workers who are homeless and force them to stay in. Strandfontein, whereby in the Strandfontein there was a huge numbers and people who coming from the different uh, uh, and different gender and different, so they mix them up. They do not understand the, the the situation of that where they putting them in sex workers. They calling daily basis and to say, "I we don't want to stay here. We want to be removed." Yeah, and some of them they. They, they didn't move from the streets and they're experiencing a violated by the metropolis where metropolis trying to force them. I will share a little bit about the, the one of the sex workers comes up of that outcome of the removing of sex workers uh, who are staying uh, um, uh, in the streets. Uh, uh, Ruben, Ruben, she was a, a, a homeless sex worker and she was um a Lisbon, and she was arrested in Mobile Thursday, and then, uh, and then she died on 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 Sunday. But they arrested her and they put her in the cell without charging her and without even monitoring her day. And we still have questions: What happened to Ruben? 
that she can die today in during this lockdown because the regulations that police were supposed to follow they didn't follow because they were supposed to arrest Ruben and charge Ruben the following day they must release because the regulation they were saying they must not keep people in the cells how can Ruben can stay Thursday Friday uh, and, and Saturday and and Sunday and then after that, they said they, the story that they're giving us is that say, Ruben was hanged herself. How come? Those are the questions. How did she get a knife to cut a blanket? What she used to hang herself? Those are the questions that was, those are the violations that was happening. Some of the sex workers in, in homeless sex workers in Barrow, whereby the police, they were taking them and, and, and make them do push-up. Women's doing push-up in the rain in the middle of the night how much it's cold we still have one sex worker that died the result of the of of, of, of the raining and they pull them everything the t-shirts and they doing push-ups that woman she died and she was diagnosed pneumonia and the experience of this woman was chased by the landlord from where she was staying because she's not earning money during COVID-19. She's not able to pay the rent. She stay outside. After that, the securities, they do what they want. The metropolis, they're taking their blankets from them. So there was a lot that was happening, but we try as sweat as much, and but also we try to speak to our funders to change like some of the line items to buy data and airtime so that you can be connected. As you know, Gege, that at the beginning, you said hundreds and 58 sex workers we do not have enough resources to cover every each sex worker in south africa so there is some of the sex workers who are still underground we didn't able to reach during the COVID 19. that's why i'm posing a question from the government that there's the issues that we always raise before the COVID-19, but the COVID-19 is taking more highlights how much is important of decriminalization of sex work. And we also, by connecting with sex workers and sharing the information online, we're putting it in different ways, but also we help by the partners such as TPHIV, such as Triangle, such as uh, Asichigi, uh, Asichigi is a collagen that we have, is uh, contain, have like uh, more than 80 organizations where they, we network with them that support decriminalization of sex work. So we use the partnership, we use our allies to make sure that we put system that will respond for sex workers. Unfortunately, for justice we couldn't have we do not have at all more support on legal issues like to taking forward the justice we call it for calling for justice that was a little bit of them and uh, we behind but we did manage to collect some of the legal issues that sex workers were facing during the COVID-19. So there is a lot that was happening in the vulnerable groups during the COVID-19 because I don't want to take it out the LGBTQI uh, because also they were going through a lot and we uh, we have sex workers who are LGBTQI and we work together and we formalize different groups. We formalize uh, a lot of platforms where we're sharing what the experience look like now during the COVID-19 and we get different support and we 
trying by all means to fundraise. Unfortunately, we try by much as much for DSD, that means social development, but actually we didn't get any lucky from them and any lucky from the government to respond in our questions, to respond of why they didn't put them in the plan. What is the plan for now? There's nothing that was a response from the government side, but from the partners and alliance, there was a lot of response in terms of make sure that sex workers they are healthy and they are keep going even in the struggle. Those who going through them uh, uh, because this is it was like for for sex workers it was like more stress and pressure of of being sitting in the one place and not doing anything and not making money. And you know, life needs money. Those are the things that we're putting together. We try different things. We're trying to put all the system in place even though we couldn't somehow to 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 reach but um the stigma and discrimination the the, the dying of sex workers the violation they were increasing numbers during the covid-19 very tragic circumstances and indeed a damning indictment on the lack of action being taken by law enforcement to address the serious claims of a violation against um, LGBTQI bodies within the sex worker uh, community. Now, finally from us, uh, you mentioned at the top of our discussion that uh, SWEAT's agenda has always been towards the decriminalization of sex work. And this has been the agenda for years and little to almost no progress has been made. And you also mentioned earlier that sex workers bring complaints to police, um, policemen to report cases of GBV. Those Claims are either dismissed or laughed off. They are not addressed with the seriousness that they need uh, to be addressed. And most uh, decide not to complain to the police for fear of repercussions. Can you please take us through how all of this affects them emotionally and the ways in which sweat has gone out of their way to take care of, of the sex workers that they work with emotionally? They are, yes, they did indeed that uh, the COVID it uh, make a lot of um, the their emotions are very, very not stable because they sitting on the pressure of they must get food, they must, there is a lot that, but physically and, and emotions for sex workers now, now we're going to level uh, level one. And when we come back and putting things normal where we meet sex workers, we need to put a system where we're starting from the emotional and dealing with psychologically so that we can start a new uh, phase. We know that um, say level one is not going to make us vanish in terms of what happened behind, but we need to put the place. So a threat now we're going to have to plan what is this... Uh, a system to put in place so that we can support uh, sex workers in terms of uh, psychologically, psychosocial support, um, mental depress and pressure, how they can able to deal with that because when they go back to work now, they're going to have full of pressure to say they have, some of them, they have to pay uh, uh, for four months for funeral covers. So there's so much pressure that they're going to deal with to make money, to make sure that by the end of December, the children, everything, they are, they are behind of all of the stuff that can put lots and more and more pressure to them. So I think that 
uh, for us as threats, we're going to put in a proper system to support them from there. Even though during the lockdown, we were having like uh, online support because we have a helpline that is operating 24-7 at threat. So sex workers, they were calling the helpline where they is operating by the sex workers who are counselors, professional counselors, and 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 say the coordinator of 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 there is has um um studies on 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 social workers. So some of them they going through with the process of helpline. But if we need more, we will referral through our partnership. But now we are going to have face to face whereby everyone will be talking the experience and the painful. That is not we never they will never forget it. That means that we need more psychologists to come and volunteer, more people who are counselors to come and volunteer, and but more support system that we can refer sex workers into another pass uh, in, into another uh, partnership to go through their um, emotions that was happening during the. Um, and I don't want to lie to you that the pressure that going to be happened to them to fix what is break by the COVID-19. When I'm talking about, I'm talking about sex workers, they're going to start looking for the place to stay. Again, those who are renting and they've been chased away uh, by the landlord. Sex workers, they're going to pay back the, 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 the funeral covers that they owe. Uh, sex workers, they're going to pay um, uh, their accounts, that those who have accounts. Sex workers, they have to buy food as much because the way that we were buying them, the coupons were not affording, but also they will catch up with their children in terms of clothing. They, they didn't buy the winter clothes for their children. They, those sex workers who give in bed, they're going to start again now to buy their children clothes. There is a lot of pressure that sex workers are coming out from the level one, and we are there for them that we're going to put place as much as we can as sweat to make sure that we support them from the beginning and and go with them slowly by surely but doesn't mean that can stop going to stop us to saying that we want decriminalization we don't want another disaster to come we don't have decriminalization and uh, we need decriminalization but also we're going to put pressure for those cases that we we have and plus another cases that are pending uh, to 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 be prosecuted and make sure that government play a part on that and also advocating for justice for sex workers, we're not going to stop. We're going to do as much as we can that by 2024, we are ready for a full decriminalization of sex work. You might be lucky to get it before, but I don't have hope for that. But yeah, we'll carry on. Life goes on, but we cannot take it easy like that. Just say, life goes on. People are very angry. Sex workers are, are angry, are very angry for government to come up after this go through, after this disaster. Even myself, as I work for, uh, for sweat, for me, psychologically, emotionally, even physically, for me, myself, I work, but for them, I felt like it's a huge, that government also caused during the COVID-19. He was supposed to play a big role is to sex because yeah I, I, I'm very when I come to emotional I, I felt because I, I take as I work for sweat but 
the way that I felt like as, as a sex worker, um, I put my, my, my the experience that sex workers went through during the COVID-19. I was felt like government failed sex workers, um, justice failed sex workers, um, even um, I think South Africa as a whole, I don't see constitution, what a use of constitution, what a use of bill of rights, what a use of progressive country if there is still um, people who left behind. I feel like it's ignorance. They pushing away sex workers. But I don't, yeah, this is how I feel. Yeah, but I will not stop shouting. Indeed, nor should you stop shouting, Sister Tutu. This is a very tragic subject, one that I can't believe we are still, still trying to get people to be sensitized towards in the year 2020. Nonetheless, sex workers all across the country still face a plight, a plight that has only been exacerbated by the mm. consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic. We have just been joined here on the COVID Report by uh, two ladies from SWEAT, which stands for Sex Worker Education and Advocacy Task Force, the Advocacy Manager, uh, Ms. Duduzile Yamine, as as well as the advocacy officer, Ms. Koleswatiki, here on the show to talk us through the exact extent of the plight faced by sex workers during this pandemic. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show, and thank you for the eye-opening insight that you've given us into this realm of existence. And I sincerely hope that conversations like this can inspire the change that we are all so desperately in need of. So again, thank you so much for joining us on the show, Sistutu. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and I'll... I wish like all the listeners, they can feel how sex workers feel. They can support sex workers and they can respect sex workers as hard workers, as human, as sisters and mothers and breadwinners. Those um, sex workers are human beings. Um, I also um hoping that um, to prepare for 2024, all of the community will, that time they will be really understand and taking sex workers as serious and recognize them as humans. I think we can all agree this is a matter that absolutely deserves the noise to be amplified and for the conversations to be had. A big thank you to our guests on the COVID report at this time, representing the Sex Worker Education and Advocacy Task Force, or SWEAT in short, Advocacy Officer Koliswatiki, as well as Advocacy Manager Duduzi Lejamini, taking us through the plight of sex workers over the course of the pandemic and the ways in which so much more needs to be done to balance the scales. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or streams via www.varfm.co.za.